Welcome to the Growing Our Future podcast. In this show, the Texas FFA Foundation will take on a journey of exploration into agricultural science education, leadership development, and insights from subject matter experts and sponsors who provide the fuel to make dreams come true. Here's your host, Aaron Alejandro. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whenever you may be tuning in to the Growing Our Future podcast. We are just so excited that you're with us today, and we're excited because we've got another special guest who's going to share their experiences, their insights, and some seeds of greatness that we can plant to hopefully grow a better personal and professional future. Honored today to have Laura gonzalez Eckerly join us. Laura, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk a little bit more about Laura and her pathway to to where she is with Central Market here in just a minute. But before we do that, Laura, I ask all the guests, we start off with the same question every episode. What are you grateful for today? Today, I am most grateful for my family support. Today, my my son is my three year old is a little sick, but what's been so helpful is to have such a great community to be around me. With my husband has a flexible job, and my in laws are there for us, and my parents are there supporting me as well. So having a really great support system is the most important thing. Which is we'll probably get to it, which is why I found myself running running back to Texas eventually. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, you know, we we talk about that. That you know, it, and in today's world, if you if you're not careful, you, you get to listening to the noise in the news. You get to listening to the noise on social media, and and if you're not careful, you can kind of find yourself in a little negative spot. And mm-hmm. I just tell people, if you'll just look around, there is so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for. And I do think it starts at home with family and friends and support structures. So. Thank you for sharing some of the things that you're grateful for. And I agree with you. I'm thankful for all those same things. So yeah, good stuff. By the way, uh, when we hang up or we're done today, be sure to tell your dad I said hello. I will. I will. (laughs) I'm a fan. So uh, anyway, Laura, tell us, uh, let's go ahead and get a little more official, if you will. Tell us about your official title, what you do, and then I want you to reach back. And I want you to kind of walk through your ag science, your FFA experience, and how some of those things lent themselves to put you on this career path that you're on today. Yeah. So um, at Central Market, I am, my title is a business development manager. Uh, So what that is, I'm actually a business development manager, not only for the healthy living department, but as well as... um, a couple areas in grocery, the Hispanic category, the kosher category, as well as the baby category, housewares, charcoal, and firewood, just to name a few. It's a pretty big list, but oh. I, I reached very far of what I wanted to kind of get my hands into so that I can get a big breadth of experience. Um, my passion is in food, um, and I was given an opportunity in healthy living that I had no, no idea that I would be so excited and interested in because it really does all go back to the earth and the ground, which is what healthy living is all about. And I absolutely love it. Um, but starting back at the beginning and when I was involved in FFA and in high school, um, my biggest experiences were in raising hogs for 10 years, 
uh, steers for two years, dabbling in other livestock projects, but also dabbling in ag mechanics with uh, expertise from my dad in, in welding, but as well as the, the small things like my actual courses in, in class where things like plan ID or getting involved in the Texas citrus uh, competition and festivals and learning about the earth. And what was so interesting is my dad was actually not my ag teacher, but he had a master's in like plant and soil sciences. So he was very uh, in tune and excited to teach us all about the things that you can grow from the earth. So after I left high school and, and my experience as a Texas FFA state vice president in 2008, 2009, I went to study animal science at Texas A&M University. And my goal was to go to vet school, like about 95% of the animal science students that started Texas A&M want to be a veterinarian. And I tried for all four years and could not get in. I actually found a way to go to vet school in the Caribbean at St. George's University for six months and then came back and said, this is not for me. But I will say going to school in the Caribbean was a very unique, different experience. And the biggest thing I gained out of that is relationships and people I met that are still my friends today. But when I came back to, to Houston, where I decided to live, I reached out to gentlemen I knew from my experience in, in the career fairs at Texas A&M. He offered me an interview and didn't realize I was a freshman. He said, wow, this girl is polished. We need to hire her. And I said, well, I have four more years here at school. And I actually declined an offer to go to vet school in the Caribbean. And so I actually interviewed for Purina Animal Nutrition two times. And they told me, uh, Laura, we're going to have you move to Los Angeles. Um, well, specifically, Laura, we would like you to live in Southern California. And we're going to put you in Rancho Cucamonga. And if you have never been there, <laughs> different place, um, Inland Empire of Southern California. Uh. Um, and I was like 22, I think, 23, very young person and not having a good social life. But what I did for Purina was actually uh, working with independent uh, feed stores selling um, livestock feed. So I worked with horse feed, cattle feed, poultry, anything that wasn't dog and cat, I sold and became a subject matter expert in and sold from Santa Barbara almost all the way down to San Diego. San Diego. And it was really fun. Uh, I did that for about a year and a half. And my boss knew I wanted to grow more to the next step, earn more pay, get more responsibility, but they didn't have the space for me to grow. So he actually uh, encouraged me to apply to other positions in the company. And I did. I applied to be a national account manager for Purina. And my, my manager actually asked me to move to the New York area. And so he had me move from Los Angeles to uh, New York City because he wanted me to be at a central location because I was going to be calling from Virginia to Maine and all of upstate New York every single tractor supply company and working on that national account management team. So I lived in Queens, New York uh, for a little Astoria to be specific. I was living in New York City and didn't have a New York salary, so I had to make it work. But it was really fun. So probably one of my favorite places I've lived. I've had so many wonderful experiences in New York and working in agriculture, mind you. Like uh, I was still wearing boots and jeans to work every day. But when I go out with my friends in Manhattan, I was a Dressed a little differently, but most of my friends in New York City were all Aggies. Every single oh, one of them. Wow. <laughs> I had the big, I had the biggest network of wow. uh, the Texas A&M Association in New York City. It's very strong, uh, wow. mostly from the Mays Business School. 
And um, so it's very interesting. We would hang out together every week and some of them are my lifelong friends and I still see, talk to them today and I go back to New York and visit them. But yeah, very strong Aggie network in New York City. I wouldn't say the same about Southern California. It was relatively strong, but not as strong in New York. So during that time, I actually uh, met my husband who worked at Purina. He was living in Western Nebraska and I was moving from New- LA to New York. Uh, and we were long distance dated for a long time. So eventually we got uh, engaged and I asked to move territories. So I moved to Colorado uh, where my husband and I moved in together. And we were I worked the Rocky Mountains for, for Purina, uh, calling on tractor supply and other national uh, farm and ranch stores. And so I worked from Montana down to New Mexico. And I moved a couple more times. My last move was like Montana. We were living in Billings, Montana. And then... Um, I didn't want to move again, make Purina move me again. They have been such a supportive company, but I knew, oh, and after I left New York, I started getting my MBA. Uh, I worked on getting my MBA from Colorado State University. You know, it was more cost effective than going to Columbia and I wasn't planning on staying in New York. So I moved four times during my MBA, worked full time and got my full time uh, degree. And I knew I wanted to go into grocery. Now, Purina Animal Nutrition is owned by Lando Lakes. And so if I wanted to go into grocery with Land O'Lakes, I'd have to move to Minnesota. And that just wasn't in the cards for me. It wasn't my cup of tea. Um, But I knew of this red and white company back in my home state that is a blessing to work for. And just anyone that knows about it wants to shop there regularly. So I took a shot in the dark as I finished my MBA, had a degree in in like marketing and business intelligence. Um, And I applied for a own brand manager position. Um, and I interviewed in San Antonio, interviewed remotely in, in Billings, and they they said they wanted me for Central Market. And I knew what Central Market was because I shopped there when I lived in San Antonio. And I thought it was the coolest grocery store yep. because it, it really is like a whole new experience of grocery shopping when you shop at a Central Market. So mm-hmm. if I made an effort to go there, I would. And so it was like the biggest blessing to be able to be given the own brand manager position for Central Market, work in San Antonio. And then COVID happened. (laughs) And so it was just insane. I think I was on the job for six months before I had to go into lockdown, working on 30 plus projects of private label development for Central Market. And it was it was nuts. But um, eventually, I I knew I wanted to do something more. And um, this position that I'm currently in was actually open for a year before I stuck my neck out. Um, And uh, I can get a little bit more into that detail. But my person I was working with here at Central Market as the own brand manager, I, I went to him, I told him I was interested in the business development manager position. And they have to talk to the vice president. They have to talk to everyone to get these positions filled and all the way to Stephen by himself. And so I actually was told about two times that I wasn't ready for this job, that I didn't have enough experience. And I think I waited like about two hours and I went back to his desk. I'm like, okay, can we make a plan about how I can get experience to get this job? That's and a they- great question. That is a <laughs> great question. Yeah, because I knew I didn't have it, but I knew I could do it. And I knew I could do it well and bring a different expert, uh, like a different perspective because yep. one, I'm one of two females of 15 in, in that's a business. We're going to, I'm going to call it BDM for short BDM here at central market and the only Hispanic and the only uh, one of two that come from an agricultural background. So it's just very like, I knew I could do this and bring something different. Um, and so eventually I interviewed with the VP. I interviewed with 
now my boss. And I, my last interview was with Stephen Butt and it was a great experience. And eventually I was very excited to land the job. And now I'm here. <laughs> very crazy story, right, Aaron? I, I, I went all it. over the world. Uh, well, here's the reason why I love it, by the way, is because obviously, you know, I've had the pleasure of working with state officers over 22 years, and I've had the pleasure of watching you. And I will tell you, it it really does our soul well to watch young people that really grasp at opportunities, that take advantage of opportunities, that pursue opportunities, and think outside of the box, that, that are willing to go outside of the, the state line, if you will. And I'm smiling at all of the things that you're sharing. Uh, Where I live in Wichita Falls, we have Midwestern State University. They have a very large Caribbean population at Midwestern. And so I work a lot with the Caribbean students. So when you said that, I'm just smiling because it's reminding me of a lot of the conversations I've had with them. I've also been in every state in the United States except for Alaska. And when I spoke in New York, I was up at Rochester. And if you've ever been to upstate New York, you realize how much agriculture is in New York. But everybody thinks of New York and they think of New York City. Right. But, but there is so much more. So just your story, when you're sharing your story, I'm just relating. And, and I, I think the other thing that I appreciate is all along that way, you talked about food. You've talked about agriculture. You talked about how FFA kind of gave you some tools to be looking for these things. And I'm thinking if I were a young person listening to this podcast right now, uh, you got to be thinking, well, here's this young lady that came from the Rio Grande Valley. And it's a long way from the Rio Grande Valley to New York City, I got to tell you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a long way to Colorado State. You know, I mean, the point is, you were willing to trust your instinct. You were willing to trust your goal setting. And as a result, you you were willing to be a little bit vulnerable to take on opportunities. And because you did, look at where you're at now. I can't wait to see where you end up because I, I don't think you're done. I just I think it's, so, yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's just awesome to see what you've accomplished. Thank you. I appreciate it. I will say, like you said, vulnerability is, is the key word because every time I knew I was packing my bags and moving somewhere new. I was excited until the day it was happening and mm-hmm. it, you kind of have like an, oh no moment. Like, what am I doing mm-hmm. every time? And it's just a little scary. And then you just, you just do it because you don't know what's on the other side of the world when you get off that airplane or that bus or however you get there, that car. I remember taking a 24 hour drive from Houston to Los Angeles. It, 12 hours takes you to El Paso. And <laughs> that crazy? <laughs> no. That's crazy. But it's just, you, you know, like, there's just so many wonderful opportunities. I can say I learned so much about agriculture in, in Grenada, that what people have to do in different parts of the world to feed themselves. And also, like, just learning about what agriculture affects every single piece that we do. Today in my merchant meetings, we're talking about how the price of corn is going to increase, which means everything else will be affected. The price of wheat is insanely going to increase, yep. which means yep. your bread is going to cost yep. more, which means our customers are going to have to make different choices. That Every little action that happens around the world is affecting the dollar and how you choose to spend it from your bank account. And it is incredible that I have this knowledge and all of that came from FFA and I will say, like all of those little pieces that I knew growing up, learned growing up and growing into this, this wonderful organization, has will not only like 
solidify me here in my job, but will continue to help me to have validity as I grow my career. I, I couldn't, again, I agree with you. In other words, when, when you plant the right seeds, those seeds then become scalable. It, you don't have to change. You just, you apply that same technique, that same yeah. skill set to the next level. Yeah. And I mean, think about it, Aaron, you know, doing creed speaking, like, or public speaking or being a state officer gave me presentations speak, and speaking skills so early in life. There's students in college that drop public speaking multiple times, and I aced it my freshman year. And the reason why I did was because of FFA and because I did those things and I challenged myself. I was vulnerable at a really early age to do something that I wasn't sure of or something I couldn't do or say the creed in Spanish that I had no idea I could do. But you can ask any of my bosses that I've had in my career. They're like, you have so much confidence in your presentation skills. They don't even ask me where it come from, but I'm really eager to tell them that it came from FFA. <laughs> I wasn't born with this. It was definitely a work trait. That's awesome. Well, you've led me right into our next question. <laughs> so <laughs> cool. If, you know, here, here's the thing, you know, I, I tell students all the time, you've got over 3000 high schools in Texas. They're all going to have graduating classes. They're all going to be looking for a job, an opportunity, a scholarship. So you, you really got to have a competitive edge. And so, I think, and I've heard you share many, by the way, just in this little interview, but I'm thinking, okay, 155,000 members is what we have now. 155,000. I wish they would all listen to this podcast. I know they're not, but I guarantee you the the Laura's of the world, the Alejandro's of the world, they'd be the ones listening to this podcast. So the question is this, Laura, if you could share with them three leadership techniques, three leadership skills, what would you share with them? that they could put in place now that will carry them through college and they'll carry later on in life? One of the biggest things that I've known to has been helpful in my leadership skills and what I learned early on in high school that I use today is just being a great planner and using that Mm -hmm. 80-20 rule and like being able to prioritize your time of what the important things are. Mm. We've all, well, hopefully young students hear this story about the big rocks and the small rocks and the sand and the water and how you fill this up, but really concentrating on your big rocks and really using that 80-20 rule about what is going to make me move the needle? What is going to take me to the next step? And sometimes you're just so anxious because there's so many things on the list to do. There's so many things that we could be doing with our time right now, but what's really going to get us to the next step? And so being a great planner and, and a priority of your time is so important because even people today late in their life and their career that can't do that, they're not succeeding as well as the people that do. And so that's something I learned early in my life and will continue to keep on but being a good planner. Second thing is having a really clear vision of who you are or what you're trying to accomplish. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to say, This is what I'm going to be. I wanted to be a veterinarian and I was 110% sure. And that is not even close to what I'm doing today. But I had a clear vision of my my values, of of who I am and what I really want to do. And in the end, all I wanted to do was help people. And I'm still doing that today with merchandising and being a merchant in a retail because I'm helping people today become healthier, buy food or have the best assortment. Mm. 
even the people, even the employees at the store, but having a clear vision and being able to communicate that effectively. Presentation skills are just the, one of the most important things you will need to do in any career, whether you're working in, in a blue collar job or a white collar job, being able to present something and clearly communicate it. Your vision is one of the biggest, is the, I would say the second leadership skill, as well as third, you've heard me say this already, and you, you've pointed this out, Aaron, is, is being a risk taker, um, seeing value in new opportunities and just running for it because you don't get successful by just sitting on the sidelines. And I remember something my dad did tell me that if I couldn't run with the big dogs to stay on the porch. And there was definitely times where he told me, maybe you should stay on the porch. Uh, and I really said no. <laughs> and so just being able to be a risk taker and just go after those things, you know, and if you fail, you will have an arsenal of things you learned from by failing. It's like a no brainer. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. We're going to quit right there. Cause that's really, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, Laura, there's a couple of things that I share with people all the time. Number one, two words, do something, just do something, just do, yeah. do something. It, you're going to learn one way or the other, just do something. And, you know, legacy is not built on inaction. Le- legacy is built on action, innovation, and vision. And, uh, you know, everybody, Tom Ziegler, I'm sure you remember Zig Ziegler, the great motivational speaker. And Tom Ziegler's on our foundation board now. And we, we have a lot of talks about leadership and leadership development. And he always says that, you know, everybody's going to leave a legacy. You're either going to leave a legacy by design or by default. He said, leave a legacy by design. Well, what do you need to do to do that? Exactly what you just shared. You, yeah. you, you've got to see something. You've got to be willing to pursue it. You've got to invest in others. Uh, be willing to look back and see whose shoulders you're standing on that got you to the next level. I mean, all the things that you shared are all the essence of great leadership. Thank you. Yeah, I think this is something that's so important that we should be able to communicate and continue to share, which is so I'm, I'm so glad this is on this podcast because they live those these episodes live forever and you could share it with many, many people being able to hear it and share it is one of the most effective way to for me to help people and to, to help grow more leaders in this world. Well, I got to tell you, I'm going to put a couple of names on your radar screen just because I know they're interested and they're going to be they're They're going to watch this podcast, by the way. We had two Ford leadership scholars who were also foundation ambassadors from the Harmony, East Texas area. They're both now they're twins. They're at A&M and their study is in nutrition and food. And they are exceptional standout young FFA members. So it's it's interesting to see you where you're at. And I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking. Bailey and Brianna, y'all need to meet Laura. <laughs> Trust me when I say that. And plus, y'all have the Aggie tie, and that's always a good thing. We'll make that happen for sure. Anyway. All right, Laura, thank you so much. Here, let's get ready to wrap this up. Um, I always like to wrap these up with a fun question at the end. Sure. What um, What's the best concert you've ever been to? Best concert. Hold on. I do have some. I do, I do have one. Let me think of the best one, though. <laughs> Oh, okay. Seeing Aaron Watson in Manhattan in a random bar on the east side. I no way. Yeah, it was so fun. And I remember at my state convention, Aaron Watson was the headliner and I got to introduce them. And I went up to him at, at, in, in New York City and I was like, do you remember me? 
And of course he was so kind and said he did, but he probably didn't. <laughs> that is the craziest thing. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite concerts that I've seen in, in person, yeah. Wow, that's a great story too. Well, Lauren, um, number one, uh, I know that I join your parents, your family, your friends, and so many others in saying that we're awful proud of you. It, it um, you know, I will just tell you in, in the world of, when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we have these conversations about engagement and opportunity, I think sometimes we fail to understand the role that culture plays in that. And you're a great example of just somebody that had the family support to take a risk to get to get outside of that normal comfort zone, to be supported, to know that we trust you, we're, you're going to do well. And Laura, your example, not only as an FFA member, but the person that you are is just a great example for so many FFA members in Texas right now. So uh, I hope that they're paying attention and they watch what you've done uh, because Laura is an example of what your capabilities are if you're willing to step out. Thank you. I appreciate those words, Aaron. And I, you know what I mean when I talk about the cultures. So yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Folks, thank you for joining us for another episode of Growing Our Future. You know, we always say, if you want to know what the future is, grow it. If you want to know what the future is, grow it. That means you've got to plant the seeds, you got to nurture it, and you got to take care of it. And if you do that, you're going to grow strong opportunities and better communities, better families, better relationships, a better state, and a better country. Laura, thank you for being with us today. I know that our paths will cross more down the road. Maybe we'll have you back and we can talk about another subject because your background is one that we could spend hours talking about opportunities and leadership and agriculture and food and uh, all of those things. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Aaron. We'll see everybody down the road. Join us for the next episode of Growing Our Future. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Growing Our Future podcast. This show is sponsored by the Texas FFA Foundation, whose mission is to strengthen agricultural science education so students can develop their potential for personal growth, career success, and leadership in a global marketplace. Learn more at mytexasffa.org.